Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Sean Smith. He's Derek Terry. Derek, how are you? Doing well, Sean. How are you? Doing well now that uh, I've got my Christmas tree up <laughs> and everything. So We're putting ours up on Saturday. We put ours up late last night. I think I spent like three or four hours last night trying to put everything up. And it's, This might be a uh, hot button issue to start off the uh podcast sean some people some people are very uh anti pre-thanksgiving putting up christmas trees any kind of decorations for christmas as a kid my family always did the friday after thanksgiving is when we would always put ours up but keely refused she's like nope let's get it up now because she knows friday after thanksgiving i've got basketball Saturday after Thanksgiving, we got Kentucky Louisville and Louisville. She knew the tree wasn't going up, Derek. So she said, we're putting it up now. Yeah, yeah, we're going to put ours up after uh, – I'm assuming I'll be home at a decent hour on Saturday with the noon kickoff. So we're going to get ours up that night and have it up. We'll be out of town for Thanksgiving. So um, that's that was the same way for us from what I remember. I don't remember it ever being uh, – huge deal in the house you know you would look forward to putting the tree up it would just kind of go up whenever it did but uh either way sean uh might get some people texting tweeting at us over that because uh man i know some people are like you got to do one holiday before the other so nothing to do with christmas prior to uh thanksgiving but this week though uh coming well it's uh not not quite this week but the coming days is one of the best sports weeks of the year man with uh college basketball in full swing you got a lot of rivalry games in college football of course on on thanksgiving day um several nfl games i mean uh from a sports perspective this is like as good as it gets because it's sports like all day long uh nfl football everything i mean it's just yeah regardless of what you like i mean it's it's always there and i've always said if you're into sports betting it's that week. You're either going to make some cash or you're going to go broke. I don't know <laughs> the two. But a uh, couple of things, though, before we kind of move into football here on the weekend, Kentucky basketball, I know that we've not got to record. I've been really busy for the last day, but we're, we're getting this episode up here today. We're going to recap a little bit about Kentucky and Mount St. Mary's, and we're going to talk Kentucky, Ohio, uh, a game that you and I already talked about earlier this week, that it's a team that received a vote in the AP poll uh, on Monday. So it's a team coming into Rupp Arena. It's probably got confidence that they can compete with Kentucky. And that, that would be a huge win. And like I told you the other day, if they were able to beat Kentucky, it's they're probably breaking into the top 25. Yeah, this is a team that can shoot the ball very well. Um, have, have good experience. Lost some of their best players from the tournament team, but still a group that, like we said the other day, will come in very confident. I would assume uh, beat a very good Belmont team and then take it. They took down uh, Robert Morris as well, uh, a team that, you know, Kentucky just played, beat down pretty good. But, uh, you know, top 100 Ken Palm team for them too, looking at their schedule, like if they're going to make a statement, it'll be either this game against UK or against LSU. They play LSU next Wednesday, or uh, sorry, two Wednesdays from now. So, um, like those are the last chances in the non-conference to to really put up good good a good win. You know, it's gonna be tough for a Mac team regardless to ever get in that large bid, but yeah. still something to hang their hat on if they're able to do that. And uh, you know, this is a team that you know Cal was was very, um, you know, there's a certain level of coach speak you're gonna get for any game, but I think he was genuinely kind of impressed by this team and what it can bring. So. 
from a UK perspective, like we said, if you're really trying to like take something away from a game from now until Notre Dame, like tomorrow would be the game to do it. Cause this is the one team that is, you know, it's still what you would call a buy game or a tune up game, but this team is in a different class than the North Florida's uh, Albany central Michigan teams like that. So I'll be interested to see Sean. They're all, they're all the way up to 96. Now Ohio is in Ken Palm. Yeah. It'd be a good early season win for Kentucky. It's a, a chance to, to see where they are against a quality non-conference opponent. I mean, that's a, that's a team to watch that could be an NCAA tournament team and uh, we'll see, but let's talk a little bit about Mount St. Mary's in that game, Derek. I, I was able to watch the first half. I was able to go back and forth a little bit. Second half had some things going on. I wasn't able to kind of dive into it, but it looked like Kentucky played really well in the second half. And the, the stat that I take away is something that I talked about, I think, on Tuesday. Xavier Wheeler, again, low turnovers. One turnover, eight assists. If that trend continues and you want to see it continue – and consistently continue, even in, even in this non-conference schedule, but when they play the Notre Dames, the Louisvilles, if that continues and he takes care of the ball, this team is even better than what I thought they were going to be because that was one concern that we had about him, right? Yeah, he's 20 assists, one turnover since the Duke game. So eight, uh, eight turnovers this year, seven of those were against Duke. So uh, much better job, of course, against opponents that he should be able to you know, have success against. Um it felt like there for a stretch, Kentucky against Mount St. Mary's played uh, very, very good basketball there to start the second half. I want to say uh, I'm using John Play's stats here. He's the one who I saw pointed out before uh, anyone else from from what I could tell. Maybe someone has fallen along at home. But uh, Kentucky scored on 14 straight possessions in the second half. Wow. And that's that was very impressive. Um, really, it was uh, – a somewhat close game I mean it wasn't the kind of game where you felt like UK was playing so poorly that it might be a ball game I mean uh, you know they were up double digits at halftime but they really kind of put them away they got it by 31 at one point there in the second half so Kellen Grady was knocking down some shots uh, they were doing a good job um, in other areas as well of course I mean what can you say about Oscar just uh, showed showed a lot more offense that game it seemed like than he had. He showed that face up that Cal had been talking about. He knocked down some jumpers, was really great. Severe had a good game. And then I thought Grady had a very good night. I would have liked to have seen him shoot the ball more. He's uh, shooting very well from deep. But they also had some some lulls, I guess you could say, in that game too, Sean. I know you said he didn't have to see the whole second half. Um, they got to 70 points very quickly. And I don't, I don't have the stats pulled up in front of me, but it seemed like there was a long drought there where they didn't score a whole lot. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you, and I asked Cal about it today, and I'll admit going in that it sounds like kind of an obvious thing, but at the same time, you, you, you have to see some, some improvement in the area. This team is a good free throw shooting team in a small sample, but Sean, they're only averaging nine free throw attempts per game. That's yeah. And Ken Paul, I think it's tied for 331 nationally in free throw attempts. And it's that's I'm not gonna say it's skewed, but some teams haven't, you know, UK has played three games, some teams have played more, some teams have played less. Um, you know, nine free throw attempts per game for a John Calipari team. We've not seen anything like that at UK. No, and and they only attempted 10 three pointers. Yeah. In the game. So it's not like that everything was out on the perimeter shooting threes. So and and that was the Duke game too, right? They only they attempted how many free throws that night? Seven, eight, maybe. It wasn't many. Yeah, I think that sounds right to me. Duke Duke shot 
far and, more. And then I, I told you, remember, I told you when Cal said the other day, there's going to be a game where we hit three or four threes and we don't shoot it well. Well, they hit four, but they only attempted 10. They still shot 40%. So, like, that doesn't count to what Cal said. Like, if you don't shoot them, then you can't play it into the fact, well, there's going to be a night where we only hit three or four. No, they, to me, it looked like early in the game they wanted to get Oscar going, but I don't, and I don't know, like, is, is Oscar's game going to be mid post to that elbow more than it is on the low block? Because, I think that's the difference, right? They've not been doing as many post touches as they have in the past. That's maybe why they're not getting to the free throw line as much. And then I told you there were only seven total fouls called in the first half of that game, and I loved it because the half was over with. That was nice, yeah. That was good. I mean, we can talk about small sample sizes, and that's true. I mean, you're talking about three games out of 31 that they're going to play this year. Um, But even – you don't have to look at the numbers and say it's a small sample size. Just when you look at the makeup of this team, like what is this team good at? One, it is littered with guys who can shoot the ball. I mean, at least four guys, maybe five that are very capable shooters on any given night and can kind of fill it up from deep. So this team shooting 45% from three and 81% from the line. But like we were just talking about, I'm kind of with you. Like, that's why I said the question might sound obvious, you know, drive the ball, be more aggressive, get into the lane. You're going to get more fouls called. You know, Savir Wheeler is probably not a guy that's going to draw a ton of fouls just because he has to you know, rely on kind of – he's not the kind of guy who's going to take his body right out of the fender and get a foul called. You know, he's just not big enough to do that. Uh, I, I think you could see Tata Washington develop into a guy who can get to the line a lot, but he's not really showing it yet. Um, I mean, Oscar is the one guy I guess you look at on rebounds that he's shot the most free throws on the team, but even he, I think has only taken nine free throws. Um, but that, that would be one area that, you know, they need to get better at, but again, maybe, maybe it just won't be the case for this team. And Sean, I would say if that's the case, then they need to lean really heavy into the things that they are good at. I felt the same way as you that it was almost like they were just trying to work on some stuff against Mount St. Mary's, especially with Oscar. It seemed like a more, uh, forced effort to maybe get him the ball, try to do some things on the block uh, or even away from the basket, just get him some touches down there, which is fine. But uh, there's really – and I understand Mount St. Mary's uh, maybe played towards a way where they didn't want Kentucky to, to take as many threes, but still, you got to find a way to get more t- more than just 10 threes up, right, I mean, with, with this team? You do, especially with a guy like Kellen Grady and then – uh, you know, Ty Ty finally got going, hit his first three of the season. I thought that was encouraging to see him hit two and kind of get that going seven to 12 from the, from the field for him. But it, it felt like a game like you, like me and you both said, that they wanted to go and get some things moving. They wanted to get Oscar showing that, that mid range jumper. And, and that's a big thing on film. Mm-hmm. If you get it now and he's had, and they have to commit to that and they have to respect that shot, it opens things up even more. They can't play off of him anymore. And, and I think that's a big thing to get that on tape. Yeah, he had a lot of easy baskets, too. I thought he got set up well, either from, from getting rebounds, of course. He could put, have putbacks there. But um, not just that. I thought Wheeler found him for some easy baskets. Pretty interesting. Something I didn't know about until earlier this week was Savir and Oscar had played together at the uh, NBA Top 100 camp in high school. So I had no – I mean, again, it wasn't very many games. But there was some level of familiarity there between those two guys – um, but yeah, that would be, that's something I want to watch more. Just two things. Like, are they going to shoot more threes? Um, cause they're really not attempting, you know, a ton, but 
They should be. <laughs> but they have been efficient. They've been a good offensive team, really. I mean, through three games. When you score 100 in a game, it's going to help for sure, like they did against Robert Morris. But get to the line because this team is, is going to be a good free throw shooting team just if they can get there. And uh, maybe that'll develop more. I'm not, like, beating my head against the wall saying, you know what, they, they better get to the free throw line or else it's going to be a a long year. It's nothing like that. But uh, you you need to be shooting more than nine nine free throws and he needed to be shooting more than, than just 10 three pointers. But I thought it was still encouraging that they were able to get to 80 points um, after only making what four threes, like we talked about. So pretty good, pretty good job. I'll be curious against Ohio um, kind of the style of play. You can definitely tell a, a more forced effort to push the ball, especially when Xavier Wheeler's in the game, uh, you know, whenever he goes out, that was something else I wanted to talk to you about. Uh, Cal put in Hopkins, Mintz, Allen, and uh, Damian Collins to play out there with Ty Ty in the second half when the game was pretty well in hand. And uh, that group did not play well together. And he took them all out pretty, pretty quickly. I think within a minute or two and put the, put the starting five back in, you know, that was one of the odd things to me was how tough of a night it seemed to be for uh, Davion Mintz. Uh, And again, some games are going to be better than others. I get that. But uh, that was surprising to me to see. He just couldn't really get us, his footing, he just never really seemed to be that comfortable. Didn't score, I don't think. Um, but those other guys, too, we saw what Collins did against Robert Morris. He comes right back against Mount St. Mary's. And, Sean, what is it? Not a not a great performance by him. So, that's why he, he – I think he's just going to be so up and down this year. Some games he's going to look great. That's – that's just how it seems to me, man, that this like whole season for him is going to be, oh, can he, can he take this next step now after a good game? Then he's probably going to have a tough one. But that's not uncommon for a freshman in college basketball. It's just what we're so used to at Kentucky. Uh, it, I think it might lead to some frustration at times. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Okay, yeah, I, I agree with you 100% there on, on Davion. I, I, that's what I was saying with, with Mintz, I think, last week, that he's going to be that kind of plug-and-play guy. He's going to have his moments where they need him, and he's going to step up big. And then I think there's going to be games where maybe he doesn't play as much. Maybe not where Tata Washington and Xavier Wheeler are playing well. I think you're going to see both those guys go north of 30 minutes. That's what I think the backcourt's going to look like. And then if Kellen Grady continues to shoot the ball the way he is, then he's going to eat up 27 to, to 28, 29 minutes a game too. I, I just think that that's how it's going to play out. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Um, that's one of the fun things about following a new team every year. At this time of year, it's you know they should win these games, but who who looks good? How does he? How does Cal try to go with the rotations? Things like that. 
Um, one other thing today, and we might as well talk about it. There's not much else going on today. Cal was asked this morning about Shaden Sharp and whether he might play this year. And he said, I don't think so, but we'll see when he gets here. He may not be in any kind of shape to really do it, but we'll see. Um, Sean, with Frederick being out, and let's just call it what it is. I don't think John Calipari has full confidence in Dante Allen off the bench. Um, where are you sitting on this right now, given what Cal said today? Do you read into it at all? He didn't completely shoot it down. He didn't say no, did he? he we'll see when he gets here. Because it's one of those things that I think he has to be careful with right now because you don't want to come out and say, yeah, he will, because then what kind of a message are you sending to your guys that are currently in the locker room? I think that that wants to be something that when Shaden gets here and then if Shaden's play is good enough, then everyone on the roster is going to be able to see it with their own two eyes, and then it can be presented and say, all right, look – let's do this. But like, I, I think Cal has to watch how he says it, but you don't also want to completely shoot it down because if he shoots it down, then he plays. Or if he says he's, if he's going to play and then he doesn't play, then it's one of those things where, well, you said this two months ago, I, I think it Cal, he didn't completely shoot it down. That's what I paid the most attention to. He didn't say no. He left it kind of open and just with the we'll see. And we'll see means that it's probably going to be at least considered. Yeah. Um, Big opportunity these next this next month, I guess. Uh, well, probably closer to two months, just given realistically you would expect. I don't, I don't know the exact date. I mean, can can Shaden and do anything before the semester starts? I really have no idea how that even works because the semester probably doesn't start until what uh, mid January, I would say. But so I don't, I don't, I don't. When did I don't remember when Hamadou got here? If it was around that time, I, I don't. That aspect of it makes it hard because you'll already be playing SEC games at that point, and it's hard to it's hard to say, I guess, as far as like you were saying. But this is your chance, like these next this next month, if you're Dante Allen, Bryce Hopkins, probably probably those two in particular, I would say, which Bryce can play the four if need be. He just hasn't really played it at all. But that's your chance to prove that you need to be part of this rotation because to me sean if it's on the fence that will make it much more likely that if sharp is good enough he'll play minutes over those guys and the, and the thing is is if and that goes for anybody anyone in this rotation your opportunities are now cal is not spreading that thing out when it gets to louisville or it gets to notre no. dame and an sec play he's going to crunch those things down uh to maybe seven or eight it's not going to extend to nine or ten like now is where you show okay I'm good enough to play because we've seen this at Kentucky the elite freshmen though are the ones that are able to struggle early and still get time in general but that's because they didn't have any other options because that season depended on how well that elite freshman was and how good that guy was in January and February March it's not the case with this team with this team with its leadership and its veterans and things I kind of think that now it's just roles and and how you perform this non-conference stretch. And you've, you've got guys right now that are playing very, very well. There, there's two spots. You've got Savier, who's locked down the point guard spot, and you've got Oscar, who's locked down the five. Like, those spots uh, were huge transfer portal additions because it's completely changed the outlook of this entire team. you got Tata, who's that young freshman, that, that elite guy that they're wanting to be elite. I think that – you're just kind of going to have to see who ends up being six, seven, and eight. I think eight is as far as it goes when we get to January. Eric, I don't think he goes beyond eight. 
Yeah, and I mean, if they do choose to play sharp, um, you know, I'm, I, I, I sort of feel like you. I think Davion's always going to have a place on this team, but I don't know. We're getting ahead of ourselves probably, but we know he's going to be here, and we know it's going to be a topic whenever he does get here, so it's not out of line by any means to uh, talk or, or have some hypotheticals from what might happen um, whenever Shaden Sharp does get to Kentucky. But a good point you brought up, too, looking at some numbers. I mean, Oscar – is probably he's probably been the best five to this point in college basketball. I mean, some of those stats are crazy, man. How many like he has more rebounds than some whole teams do <laughs> this season? Fifty six. Um, the next closest guy on UK's team, I want to say, it was like eleven. I'm gonna pull that up just it's so ridiculous. Tim Letcher sent the stats the other night, the updated stats. Uh, and yeah, the next closest player has eleven. That's Keon Brooks. Two two guys, Sean, through three games have have double digit rebounds to this point. Kentucky's at 128 boards as a team, and Oscar has 56 of those, averaging 18.7. So he he has a night the other night where he pulls in uh 16 boards and his average drops. So that just goes to show you uh, how how good he's been. I mean he he's been better than I think anybody could have anticipated his all around game. I mean it's been unreal how good he's been. Yeah, it is, and. Oscars that I mean it's, it's just insane like everywhere I've gone for the last week just people that know me and, and know the job and know what I do they're like man Oscar Sheboy is the best rebounder I've ever seen and, <laughs> and, and, and he, like it's just incredible the some of the stuff that he does and I, I told Tony Neely this in Nashville the other day I said Tony I said imagine how many rebounds he'd have if Kentucky didn't shoot the ball well and he was like yeah. oh man he's like yeah I think he hadn't even thought of that so no, but your every graphic you see right now after a game is Oscar Sheboy's the first player in so many years, or Oscar Sheboy's the first player in the league since this. And that's when you know that you're in elite status. And Derek, it's not a mindset. It's it's what well, it is a mindset, but what I'm saying, like it's hard to convince guys to just do that one thing that separates them. And it seems to me like Cal is one of the best guys that does it. He convinces some of these guys that you do that one thing and you might get paid. So if Oscar is going to rebound like this and he's been throwing out the name Dennis Rodman and, and all these names and stuff. And those guys that played a long time in the NBA, there's a spot for him. If he rebounds like that. And then if he shows that elbow jumper, it even, it adds more money to his pocket. The big number to me, and there are many numbers you can point to for Oscar because he leads the team in free throw attempts, obviously rebounds. Um, eight blocks also leads the team. Uh but how about this, Sean? He leads the team in minutes played. Yeah. And the whole conversation with him was staying out of foul trouble. And, again, it's three games. I, I have no doubt that he's going to have some games where he does get two fouls in the first half. But he picked up his second foul, I think, with 750-ish left, somewhere around there against Duke. And foul, foul trouble has not been brought up with him since. And those, uh, I guess, five halves have been played since then. So really a great job by him in that regard to be in a spot where he he's barely edging out uh Savier Wheeler. Savier's also played 90 minutes this year. Uh where Oscar's played 91. So great job by Oscar this season. And then of course Wheeler you brought up uh earlier, averaging 10 assists per game. Really good job. Averaging double double. I mean, him and Oscar both averaging double doubles is is quite impressive. So to close this thing up, Sean, unless you got some other things to talk about. Only what do you thing. look? Yeah, go ahead. What do you think about Zan Payne's cover? 
Oh, hell yeah. I forgot about that. I wanted to, that is what I got totally invested in the other night. Um, just because there for a minute, like, I mean, once the game was in hand, you know, my story had been written. It was like, what else he going to pay attention to? But it looked like UK was on a cruise to that. Um, uh, well, that, that guy got it at 24 and a half, although I understand a lot of UK fans apparently had it at 25 or 25 and a half maybe, which is a tough, tough beat if you were one of those fans who had it at 25 and a half. Um, but, yeah, once the game was in hand, I was like, well, UK's up 31. It looks like they're cruising, shooting the ball well. They're going to cover this no problem. Well, they go on that long scoring drought. Um, number 23 from Mount St. Mary's, like, hit every three he took. And I was like, man, this is getting really close. And then uh, I think they were only up 23 whenever all the walk-ons came in. And I was like, man, this guy, whoever bet this. And, again, if you're betting stupid money like that on a UK versus Mount St. Mary's game, maybe it doesn't matter. Uh, and, you're, you know, if you lose or win it. But Zan Payne hitting the big free throws, getting the steal, I mean – a miraculous performance to kind of save that guy's bacon and a net 200 grand uh it, whoever bet that I, I thought it was uh in my terms question, of you know, my question is, did those guys know that when they went on the floor they have social media and they i mean did they know i don't know i was lobbying to get zan in the post game because like, he was he had a great performance he knew so. when it was over for sure because he tweeted the 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 eye emoji you know like he knew what he did like he knew <laughs> So like that's why he was that trying matters. to uh, not have the guy sweat it at all. He took a three right before the buzzer too. Uh, <laughs> that missed. He was trying to run up that score a little bit. I just couldn't imagine being oh just sitting there thinking, man, I'm about to lose a lot of money or I'm about to win a lot of money. I just don't know. Like I'd be I'd be a wreck. I would be able to handle it. You had the freshman walk on or sophomore. I think Kareem Watkins, the sophomore, come in. I think he got the ball stolen from him, and then somehow I think they missed the layup on the other end. So. It took a lot, I think, for that guy to cover at the point. Uh, you know, that would have been a roller coaster. I mean, you know, betting two hundred twenty thousand dollars on a non-conference Tuesday night basketball game is it's crazy in one regard. But just for the people who bet, you know, a normal amount, maybe I don't know what people. I don't know what a normal amount would be in betting. Uh, for me, I know it would have been you know ten bucks. But for some people, maybe <laughs> maybe fifty would have you know. You would have been sitting on the edge of your seat trying to trying to see uh, if Brandon Canada could come through for you, but it was Zan Payne who uh, in two minutes – and he's played two minutes now, Sean. He's one for one from the field. He's hit both his free throws, and that was enough to to do that. But, you know, Zan, Zan was a very good high school player. He was. Uh, in his own right. You know, not not doesn't have the size, things like that, to, you know, actually be a factor in SEC ball, but he was a kid who probably – more than probably certainly could have played somewhere in college. Maybe not – I don't know what level, but he, he could have gone somewhere and been a real player for somebody. But, you know, with his dad here, chose to come here. Not a bad gig to, to practice and be on the team and be part of U.K. basketball. But out of that group, I mean, Canada had a good high school career too, but Zan would be – he's proven to you now, Sean, if you're better and you need someone to come through for you in garbage time, that's Zan Payne. The ball needs to be in his hands. To win that type of money, and it wouldn't even be that type of money, but it had to be one of those weird. I throw five dollars on like a parlay that has to yeah. be Kentucky covering twenty five and Kansas covering thirty, and have to have ten parts hit, and then you get the nine and sweat it out. So, <laughs> hey, can we get some uh, Zan Payne props for these next few games? See if we can get points for Zan. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be good. Unbelievable. But Kentucky and Ohio next at Rupp Arena. Kentucky just continues to take game by game, trying to get better, Derek. That's all that 
that's all you're trying to do this time of year is work on some things, but also put yourself in position. You don't you don't want to lose one of these non-conference games at Rupp Arena because we've seen in the past what it can do to your resume. And uh, so we'll see. But Kentucky and Ohio tomorrow night, we're recording this on Thursday. So Friday night, another non-conference game at Rupp Arena. But it, it will be it's – a, it's a better team walking in the gym than what walked in the last two. No question. I mean, I think it's a big deal. Um, the health – oh, both guys. Jacob Toppin to me, though, in particular, just because I think he can play such a big role in this team. Cal said that he and Lance Ware would not play unless they practiced today. Of course, at the time of that interview this morning, it was before practice, so, you know, we won't know um, until game time tomorrow. Well, you know, warm-ups tomorrow. We'll see. But uh, Lance seemed to be a little closer to playing versus Jacob. I mean, Lance you know, has an ankle injury. He at least tried to play the other night. Jacob d- didn't even get the chance to go. So it was bad enough for his injury. So the health of those guys, I'm really looking forward to seeing how they are just because I think Damian is – it's tough, you know. Um, it, it's going to be tough to just rely on him. You, you want Keon to play well. Obviously, Oscar needs to play well. But if tomorrow is the day that Oscar gets in foul trouble and you're having to really rely on – Damien being that five, you hope that you're going to get a good version of him. So maybe I'm overstating how important Jacob Toppin is to this team, but I really, I really think getting him healthy will be a very, very big deal for this group. I agree 100% for all the reasons that I said in the preseason. He can defend one through four, he plays with a high motor, his athleticism, everything. And then it's another body that you can throw on that front court. Like there, it's very important that he gets healthy. Uh, Derek, anything else you want to hit on before we wrap up? No, I think that's about it for, uh, for hoops. Man. Looking forward to being out there. It's, you know, even for us too, going down there every night, just trying to find a different angle to write about. I mean, I'm, I'm glad to have a team come in here that, you know, theoretically uh, could beat them. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet on it, but it's, it's going to be a team like you said earlier. I think that was, I think it's a point to address when you're looking at this game. A, a, a legitimate potential NCAA tournament team, and they won't see another one of those teams for for three weeks or so. So it's going to be a good test for this group. It is absolutely uh, game to watch for sure. Uh, it's going to be a busy mm, sixteen hours. You're going to have Kentucky Ohio at Rupp. You're going to have Reed Shepard's decision Saturday morning. Then you got Kentucky football at noon on Saturday. So stay locked into Kentucky Daily. I'm sure we'll have some episodes ready to roll for you. As always, the show is powered by Blue Wire Pods. It's also powered by the Butcher's Pub, three locations, Palmville, Williamsburg, and London, Kentucky. You can visit thebutcherspub.com or check them out on Facebook. He's Derek Terry. I'm Sean Smith. We'll catch you next time on Kentucky Daily.